If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 22, and Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 22, and Acts chapter 26. I'm going to read some verses there and we'll get into the message. Uh, I, the time that I had off, I got into the Bible and got to reading some things and reading some scriptures and got to looking at it. And things start jumping out at me. We're living in a time that we need the Word of God. We're, we're living in a time that people need to know God. But I'm afraid that it's the Christian people that are not spreading the gospel as we should. And, and I find, and I think in my mind, I find that it is that they've never come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior and that's the reason why you can't tell people about him. Because you really don't know him. But we're going to read about a man that met him. Got to know him. And served him. Amen. Acts chapter 9. Let us stand. Beginning in verse number 1. It said, And Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughters against the disciples of the Lord, went into the high priest, and desired of him letters to, to Damascus, to, to the synagogues, that he, if he found any of this way, whether they be men or women, he might bring them abound into Jerusalem. And as he sojourned, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined about him a bright light, a light from heaven. And he fell to earth and, and, and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecute thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembled and, and astonished and said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to, to do? And he, the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Turn to chapter number 22 for me, please, this morning. In Acts chapter 9 is where this great apostle that was Saul and later became Paul got saved. And here in chapter 22 is later in his Christian life, he's a seasoned Christian in the Lord, serving God in, in a battle for the cross. And now he's testifying to those Jews in Jerusalem to what happened to him. Verse number 3, I am verily a man which am a Jew, born in Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, yet brought up the city at the feet of Gamaliel, and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers, and was zealous towards God, and as to all of this day. And I persecuted this way unto the death, binding and delivering into the, uh, into the prisons both men and women, and also the high priest doth bear me witness, and also the states of the elders, for whom also I received letters unto the brethren, and went into Damascus to bring them which were bound into Jerusalem to be punished. And it came to pass that as I made my journey and was come nigh unto the Damascus about noon, and suddenly there shone from heaven a great light round about me. And I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecute thou me? 
And I answered, Who art thou, Lord? And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. And they that were with me saw indeed the light and were afraid, but they heard not the voice of him that spake to me. And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said unto me, Arise and go into Damascus, and there it shall be told unto all things which are appointed for thee to do. Turn to chapter number 26 for me, please. Chapter number 26, verse number 11. And I punished them often in every synagogue and compelling them to blaspheme and being exceedingly mad against them. I persecuted them even unto strange cities. Whereupon as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests, at midday, O king, I saw the way, a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining around about me from them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice say unto me, in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecute thou me? It is hard for thee to kick, kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecuted. But arise and stand up thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee minister unto the witness both of these things which thou hast seen, and these things which I, I will appear unto thee, delivering them from the people and from the Gentiles in whom now I send thee. To open their eyes and go to turn them from the darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive the forgiveness of sin and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Let us pray. Father, we come before you. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace and your love. We thank you for what you've done for us, Lord. We thank you for, Lord, just uh, uh, being able to come back to the house of God, Lord, to worship and praise you, Father. And we'll thank you for that, Lord. We'll praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be, be seated this morning. I have just read to you uh, three different accounts of uh, uh, three different testimonies, uh, if you will, of all, and in the book of Acts and of the Apostle Paul's conversion. Luke wrote the one in Acts uh, and recounts the very day that Paul got saved. And the other two times, out of Paul's own mouth, he is testifying to others the, the, the day that he's got down, going down to Damascus, and he got saved, and he got changed, and he got, his life was saved by the grace of God. Three times that we have looked, uh, not only the, the times Paul, then, uh, he, these three times we read about are not the only times that Paul has testified and Paul has uh, 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 told people about his experience that he had with the Lord. Paul writes later on in his life and he ministered and he said, uh, but this is, this is what I want you to realize and understand this morning that every time Paul tells us the same story. It doesn't change. Everything the same. Paul never mentions a point in time when his conversion happened. He doesn't not give a, a month. He does not give a day. He doesn't say it's August. It was September. He just didn't say it was on the 10th of the month or the 15th of the month or the 30th of the month. Paul never necessarily mentions a point in time that he got saved. But what he does mention is a place where he got saved. 
This morning, I'm not concerned uh, of whether you can remember a point in time which you received the Lord Jesus Christ and got saved, got your life changed by the grace of God. I'm not interested in uh, 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 the, the times. I'm not interested in the conversion, how it happened. In fact, you, most people can't remember the day. Most people can't remember what was going on the day they got saved. Now, you know me, uh, I tell you, I got saved at an old-fashioned altar on October 19th, 1995. And Brother Don, Ad, uh, Richard Adams was preaching the message that uh, if you're lost and undone without Jesus and his son, you're dying and going to hell. There's no way for you, no hope for you. And the weight of that sin that was laying on me, I got down to the altar right here and I said Lord uh, here I am a sinner the weight of the sin was weighing down so heavy on me I got saved now I've been in church was in church uh, and I professed to be something that I wasn't but that day at that place at that time I got saved amen What I want to know is, do you have a place where you can go back over and over and over again in your mind or you can tell somebody or show somebody, take them to that place that you got saved? You ought to be able to remember yourself in your mind that place. You ought to be able to remind the devil of that place and give a testimony to those that are around you about that place that you got saved. That, that was a spot. I, I, I got to looking at this and, uh, and from Jerusalem to uh, Antioch that Paul had traveled so many times uh, along that pathway is Damascus and, and Paul had traveled that way several times and, uh, and I got to thinking about this. Uh, and Paul would be traveling. He's got these men with him uh, and Paul would come to that spot uh, where he said, hey, hey guys, uh, this is a spot. And they look at him and say, Paul, what are you talking about? He, he said, this is a spot that my life was changed. The weight of the sin was laying on top of me. I was nothing. I was dying. I was lost and undone. But this is a spot that I came to know Jesus Christ as my Savior. And I believe every time Paul walked that pathway, boys, here's the spot right here. This is where it happened right here. Now, I, I can take you back to that church and show you the exact spot it happened to me. This is where it happened that. Paul said, this is where it's happened. I was lost and on my way to hell, but Jesus showed up. Jesus showed up in my life, then everything changed. Do you have a spot? Do you have a place that you can go back to and say, that's where it happened at? This is where it happened at. So I'm wondering, wondering this morning, do you have a place this morning? Do you have a spot like that? I'm not worried about how old you are or what you've done or worry about the, the year it was. 
I'm not asking you what month it was. What I want to know is, do you have a spot, a place in your heart that you go back to? Listen, while, while I've mentioned that, some of us should already have done gone back to that place in our mind and remember that day and what had happened, how it happened. It might have happened in a church at an altar. It might have happened at home. It may have happened in your bedroom. It may have happened at work. Wherever that spot is that it happened at, then your mind should already done gone back to that spot. I don't know where your spot may be at this morning. I don't know where it was at. But you should have a spot this morning. There, there should be a place in your mind that you can go back to and say, boys, this is where it happened at. The reason why I ask, there may be some people sitting here this morning that don't have a spot, don't have a place that can say that's where it happened at. They don't have a spot. They, they can't go back to it in their mind. Some people have some scary times in their lives. Some people have a, a point in time, but they don't have a place in time. Some people say, well, that mama and daddy, they recorded in the Bible that it happened on this day, but I really don't remember it. I really can't say that for sure, but they said it happened on this day. It's recorded in the Bible. I don't remember when it was. That's a scary thing. That's a scary thing. A lot of people are going to hell because they got a point in time. They don't have a place in time I'm not worried about that point in time this morning I want you to everybody I want to know what your place in time is this morning where you stopped on the road to hell and, and did about face to God and trusted Jesus Christ and, and start going to heaven amen this morning do you have that place uh, here we find that Paul is over and over and over again is always taking people back to the place over and over again Paul said it, it was on the road to Damascus and Jesus showed up and notice that the story is the same every time it doesn't change because it happened to him that that way because it's the truth and if it's the truth you can't change it preaching this morning do you have a spot do you have a spot this morning that you can go back to when your life was changed when you got saved and you trusted Jesus Christ Could you take me back to your spot this morning? I'm not talking about a place where you turn over a new leaf of life. Where you quit drinking or quit smoking. I'm not talking about where you said I'm, I'm done with drugs. I'm talking about a place where you got saved, not a place where you try to live better in your life and get things right, but I'm talking about a place that you realize that you was lost and undone, that you needed Jesus Christ, and you was on your way to hell, and the weight of sin was bearing down on top of you, and the only thing you could do was trust in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross of Calvary. Do you have that place this morning? 
I'm not, I'm not talking about a place where you stop sinning altogether and became perfect. Paul didn't even have a spot like that. Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am. Paul said, I've got to uh, mortify my members. Paul said, I am the chief of sinners. I still sin. But it has nothing to do with the fact that I am saved. That there was a day in my life and a place in my life that I got saved by the grace of God. Do you have a spot? Your mind should have already gone back to your spot this morning where you, you know, you know this is where it's at. But you don't have one. I want to show you three things that if you don't have a spot, a place, a Damascus road in your life, what it would be look like. It would be just like Paul's. Mine or anybody else, it would look the same this morning. If the place where you, it's where the load of sin got so heavy on you. Look at verse number five. And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Now watch how heavy that load gets. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Now what, what does that mean? To kick against the pricks. What does that have to do with the load? Well, back in those days, uh, they didn't have the equipment that we have today. They didn't have the tractors and all the modern day equipment. They had, all they had was oxen or, or cows or animal, a beast, a burden. Uh, uh, they had them. And what they would do, they would hook the load up behind these animals. Uh, and the animals, when they got hooked up, they yoked up to this uh, 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 heavy load. And sometimes if that animal didn't want that load on them, they would start kicking. They will kick. And they kick. They didn't, they didn't want to be a, attached to that load. And they try to kick that load out of them. And what the master would do, uh, he'd have a sharp stick. And, and every time that uh, uh, beast would kick, he'd stick him. Amen. He'd stick him in the hoop or he'd stick him in his hind quarters. And he'd stick him in it. And, and soon that animal learned, hey, if I kick, I'm going to get stuck. I'm going to get stuck. So they, they, they accepted the load. They pulled the load that they were under and they'd done that. And we find Paul was kicking against the Lord this morning. And what tells me is that kicking against the pricks, the sin had become a heavy load for Paul. Paul has been killing these Christians. He is the Pharisee of Pharisees. He's religious. He is morally a good person this morning. But he's going to hell as fast as he can head. Just as fast as a lot of people attending church this morning are heading to hell as fast as they can. It doesn't matter if you're a good religion person. It doesn't matter how moral you are this morning. Without Jesus, without that relationship, without that place and time, without knowing where Jesus saved your soul and changed your life, you're heading to hell this morning. 
tell you how it started getting heavy on Paul this morning. In the dark hours of night, Paul laying there wanting to go to sleep, trying to get comfortable. That load gets heavy. He starts remembering back at a time that he was standing there and the coats of the people was at his feet and he's watching the coats and he's seeing Stephen being stoned for being a Christian. And I imagine he kept seeing those stones going to Stephen's head every time, every time. And I imagine he's sitting there watching and thinking about that in his mind over and over stones and then he hears him say Lord receive my spirit and lay not this charge against them and he begins to remember all those things that happened the loads start getting heavy he hears the cries of the mamas and daddies that he had separate from each other he, that he tortured that he had imprisoned for being a Christian this morning. All this stuff starts to coming back to his mind and weighing on his mind. And every day he gets up, God is tracking him down. God is seeking him. God has made sin exceedingly sinful this morning. You know what happened on Damascus Road? Sin got heavy. It wasn't fun anymore. It wasn't uh, 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 awesome anymore. It was just plain heavy in his life. You know what? You're, you're never going to be broken in your life until you realize sin has to become heavy and has to become, be very sinful and you're exceedingly sinful in your life. You're never going to be broken until that sin becomes so heavy you can't stand it anymore. I wonder, have you ever gotten to a place in your life where sin got heavy? Sin got heavy. When all the alcohol you drunk, when all the dope that you done, and all the smokes that you smoked could not numb you from the effect of what sin was doing in your life. I mean, all the religious activities that you can go through don't make you feel better. I mean, your parties, your clubs, your night times, the entertainment that make you feel, can't, can't make you feel better. You realize that sin has gotten heavy in your life. And you got to get rid of it. You can't carry it anymore. You start to kick against it. You realize, I, I've got sin. I've got a load in my life that I need to get rid of. Ain't you glad this morning there's a merciful Savior? Come unto me, all you heavy laden and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Have you ever gotten to the place where the load of sin got heavy this morning? Listen, let me say this. As long as you're still running around feeling free as a bird and doing the things you want to do, and it's not bothering you, you don't got a place in your life yet. I tell you what happened when, when you get to your Damascus experience, you, you start to uh, you realize your sin that it's there. 
It's like a millstone hung around your neck. And it's weighing you down. And you would do anything to get rid of it. Anything to have forgiveness. You'll do anything to have a little bit of peace. A little bit of joy in your life. You have a tried to experience everything. Everything you've done, you could not find it. Doesn't make it better. Doesn't make it easier. It's the place where the load got heavy in your life. I, I remember the days that led up to when I got saved. Sin became so heavy in my life. Nobody knew the struggles that I were going through, that I was facing. Nobody knew the turmoil that was, I was in my heart. But down in my soul, it had gotten so heavy. I thought about if I died without Jesus, I had no peace, I had no joy in my soul. Nothing was satisfying me. Sin was weighing heavy on my soul. But Richard Adams was preaching that day, preaching a revival that week. And he preached messages that hurt me, that got down in my soul, that I realize he's speaking to me. I realize he's talking to me. And Richard was a good man. He was from Antioch. In fact, he was the head of the home missions department in Antioch, Tennessee. And he got to preaching on being lost and undone without Jesus and his son and dying and going to hell. And it, it weighed on me. I was sitting in the back. It's like I was the only person in church that day and he was preaching to me. The sin got heavy and finally the, the altar was called and I, 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 I got up and I walked and I didn't realize I was out the altar there and I heard this voice says, I've got you now, you're mine. And, and I said, Lord, uh, get this sin, uh, wait off of me, I can't take it no more. And about that time, glory came down, I got up and I was set free. Do you have a place? Not a point in time, not a month, not a day, but you got a place that you can go back to and say, boys, this is where it happened. God saved my soul and changed my life. It's a place where the load of sin got heavy. It's a place where the Lord got lifted. The light shine about in the Bible said, look, Verse 4, he said, He fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why thou persecute me? Do you see what's going on here? The Lord is high, lifted high. Light is shining from heaven. And Saul is on his face in the dirt. Can I remind you that is the correct position that we need to be in today? Lord lifted high. And our faces down to the ground. Verse 5, he said, and he said, Who art thou, Lord? I, 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 let me stop right there. He's been persecuting all these Christians. He's heard about Jesus. And then he says, Who art thou, Lord? Well, God dealing with him. He got some heavy under him. He said, and he said, And the Lord said, I am Jesus, who's thou persecutest. 
it's hard for the kick against the pricks. In verse 6, and he trembling and astonished said, Lord, he realized who it was. He understood who it was. He, the revelation, the light shone. He said, the voice spoke to me. What will thou have me to do? What will thou have me to do? For the first time in Saul's life, he has seen Jesus as the Lord. For Saul to hear that one that was talking to him. It was the one that died on the cross, Jesus Christ. For him to hear that, Paul, Saul said, Lord unto him. It's, it was a big deal by his own admission. It's a big deal for the reason what Saul believed is at this time about Jesus. The only thing he knew about him and was taught about him that Jesus was a false prophet and a bastard child. That's what he understood about him. He was born out of fornication. And he believed, in, he also believed that Jesus was dead. He wasn't alive. The Pharisees said to tell everybody that the disciples came and, and took the body at the nighttime. They stole his body. He's, he's not really alive. This false and this phony thing they're saying. That is what Saul believes at this time. That he's a false prophet and that he's dead. But on this day, the Lord got lifted. On this day, Saul's face is down in the dirt and he looked up and said, Who art thou? And he said, I am Jesus. And when he said that, he realized for the first time in his life, everything that had been taught about Jesus, everything they've been told about Jesus was a lie was a lie. He was the Son of God. Who else could do that? On top of that, he's not dead. He's alive. When Saul hears what something has happened in his heart, you can't believe what you want to believe, but I believe Paul got saved right then and there. You know why? Because when, when, he, when he gets to Ananias, shows up in chapter, later on in the chapter, he said, Brother Paul. Brother, no, Brother Saul. Brother Saul. Now, you don't go around calling sinners brothers and sisters. Amen? We call our brothers and sisters in Christ brothers and sisters. That's what we call each other. You don't call somebody that don't know Jesus Christ unless they're your full-blooded brother or sister. You don't call them brother or sister. Ananias looked at Saul and said, Brother Saul. He saw something in him. There's been a change in him. He realized that. So he says, Brother Saul. He recognized something was changed in his life. What, what happened? What changed? The load didn't just get heavy, the load got lifted. I love that. Paul said, Lord, I wonder, has any of us as a Damascus road experience like Paul? When the load got so heavy that you couldn't stand it anymore, you had nowhere else to turn, nowhere else to do. 
You tried everything. You've done everything. And one day you found out Jesus Christ was the Lord. Jesus Christ is alive. He is the Son of God. And you threw yourself on the mercy of God and the Savior trusted in Him alone. And you got saved and your load got lifted this morning. Do you have a place in your life? You say, preacher, I'm a church member. Big deal. Preacher, I grew up a Baptist. Big, big deal. You may look good. You may talk good. You may walk good. You can join every church from here to the West Coast and be whatever denomination you want to. You can get baptized in every pond from here to the West Coast that every tadpole knows your social security number. But without Jesus Christ and that relationship, without that spot that you know the load got lifted, you're lost and undone and heading to hell. The load got lifted. Do you have one of those places in your life this morning? You say, well, preacher, I, re- I really, don't, really don't have one of those places in my life. Do you know the consequences for not having one of those places in your life? The consequences is the Bible says the lake of fire where there's wailing and gnashing of teeth throughout, throughout eternity. Not, not just some. Not just a while, not just a, in darkness, not just, well, it's okay. No, it's a lake of fire, wailing and gnashing of teeth. That means, hey, there's no peace, there's no joy. It's going to be tormented throughout eternity. That's the consequence of not having one of those places in your life. Turn to chapter 26. I'm about through. I'm about through. Sin got heavy. Sin got lifted. Only to see the new life that got started. Paul gives us more information about what the Lord had told him than he did in chapter 9. Like chapter 26, verse 16. But arise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both unto these things which I have seen and those things into which I have appeared unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee, to open the eyes and turn them from darkness to light from uh, the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Do you see what Paul gets? On the road to Damascus, he gets a brand new start. Everything that he has destroyed up to this point, when he made an about face and start building up a new life, everything that he destroyed, he's now building up. He got a brand new life. He got a new leaf on life. You know what Paul realizes later on in life? He realizes the older he gets, the longer he serves the Lord, that everything he's ever done 
It's been wiped away. Been wiped clean. You got a clean slate. And he started a new life. He said, I've started a brand new life. I started living for the Lord. Paul said this, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. He said, everything back there, everything that Saul was back there, I count them as dung. He said, I'm not just forgetting all that he said. I'm living a brand new life. I'm going forward with the Lord. I wonder, do you have a place like that this morning? Will you start living a new life? You said, I'm no longer dead. I'm alive. You said, I'm not dead. I'm breathing now. But according to the Bible, you are dead. And you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. You were dead. That day you got saved, at that place that you got saved, when the sin got so heavy and God got lifted up and God saved your life, then you had a brand new life. You had eternal life. I wonder if you have a spot like that where God got a hold of you. God made you alive again. God gave you a brand new life this morning. I won't forget that day. I started living for real. I got an eternal life that day. God saved me. I, I may get older down here. I may get weaker down here. My hair is turning gray in some spots, not all of them. I'm, I can hardly walk. I can hardly move. But this is not my eternal life here. This ain't it. And people look at it, hey, uh, this is the life. No, it ain't. This is not the life. The life is coming after I lay down this body. Then eternal life comes forever. You've got to have a place in your life. You can go back where you got touched by God and He saved you. Or the lake of fire. The lake of fire. I, I, I like this. Paul said, I was mad. I was angry at the church. Paul was wanting to destroy the church. He was trying to kill the Christians. And then he got saved. He got that new life. Then became Paul. Then he starts started saying things like this. Rejoice forevermore. That don't sound like an angry man, does it? Be kind one to another. It doesn't sound like Saul does it. Forgive one another as Christ forgives you for your sake. What changed? What happened? It happened because his face was down in the dirt. And he realized who Jesus Christ was. And we see Paul over and over throughout all the, all the books that he's written. He takes people back to that spot. I'm not interested if you have a point in time this morning. I want you to know if you have a place in time this morning. Do you got one this morning? If you don't, right now you can have one. I can go back to my place in my mind and see it as clear as day. Can you go back to your place in your mind and see it as clear as day? 
if you can't this morning, if you're struggling this morning of finding that spot that you went to that you know good news this morning, you can make anywhere up here your spot that you can bring people and say, hey, right there is where it happened. Right there when I got it right, when the sin got so heavy in my life and I lifted up the Lord and He saved me and changed my life, made me something different. I've got eternal life because of what He's done for me. Amen. Do you have a spot this morning? If you don't have a spot this morning, I invite you to come to the altar and choose a place that said, this is my spot. You, you may have a spot in your mind, but you, in your place, but you, you just can't remember it too good. Well, won't you come down and have God refresh your mind? Well, maybe you've got a place, but you haven't told people. You haven't been telling people about where God has changed your life, what God has done for you. How he's made you from, took you from the uh, dead to alive and to the power of Satan to Jesus Christ. Maybe you haven't been telling people that. 